I'm not going to go back to last week's scripture as tempted as I am, because I know we we'll wind up staying there instead of going where I want to go. Because <laughs> I have so much more that I want to give you. But I do want to recap on what we talked about. If we, this one thing I desire, that I may dwell in your presence, behold your beauty all the days of my life. And we talked about how when you behold in his pre presence and in his, I mean, you know, dwelling in his presence and beholding his beauty, how the enemy and his schemes and stuff don't have power over you because you're sheltered, you're shielded. But what I want to talk about today, and I want to take you straight to that scripture, um, and I want to get us started there. Do me a favor. Go with me to Isaiah 54. I want you to go to Isaiah 54, and, and I want to talk continue to talk about God's protection. But I, I want to I show you different levels in different ways that his word promises this protection in the depth of it. So if you go to Isaiah 54, starting at verse 11, it says, O thou afflicted, tossed with tempests, and not comforted. Stop right there. So he, he's speaking specifically to a, to a people right now. He said, you afflicted? Okay, listen, are you afflicted? Are you tossed with a tempest? Are you not comforted? He said, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you right now. Now, that may not be you right now, but we all find ourselves in that place from time to time where we feel conflicted, we feel not comforted, we feel misunderstood, we feel like I've done my best. What else can I do? I feel like everything I'm doing is not working the way it's supposed to. And, you know, God already shared with us last week in the message, if you focus on that, you keep that. So you need to come off of that and just focus on his beauty. But now he's saying, if you are there, and this is what I want to talk about today, he's saying, but if you find yourself happen to be there, because, you know, for me to sit here and try to teach you as a minister of the word or teacher of the word that life is not going to throw crap at you, the devil is going to be on his job, whether you're on yours or not. If you're in the, beholding him in his temple or not, he don't care. He's going to throw his mess. So he's saying when you find yourself in that place, and I want to be, I want to be as thorough as I can in this message about God's protection because, you know, I've heard people say prosperity is of the Lord and God don't want you broke and God don't want you. Yeah, but a lot of Christians are broke and a lot of Christians are poor. So, okay, so then what? God don't love them. They don't love God. They're not walking right with God. And it puts a, conf a confusion in the mind of people. It makes people think, well, maybe my walking right. And I hear Christians say this so much and it really bothers me. Well, maybe my walking where it should be. Maybe there's some sin in my life. Maybe there's, And all of a sudden you start going on this internal witch hunt that, again, doesn't glorify God, doesn't keep you beholding his beauty. It gets you focused on yourself and not on him. And so more and more of that stuff is going to come at you. But I want to tell you, it does happen. Things do happen. Life happens. In this world, there are tribulations, Jesus said. In this world, there are tribulations. But be of good cheer. I've overcome it. So he's yeah. saying, I have the way out for you, but, there, it, but it's here. But the overcoming is in me. Or somebody needed like nod ahead or say amen or something. Yeah. You know, in this world, there's tribulation. He said, but it's okay. I've overcome it. So basically he said, if you just follow me, I'll lead you out. So here's a situation where he's saying to you, if you happen to be in this place right now, if you're afflicted, if you are tossed around with the tempest, with the wind, if you, if you are not comforted, 
He wants to say, I want to talk to you. Behold, I lay stones with fair colors and I lay foundations with sapphires. So he's saying to you, I have an answer. So this is just the start of it. We're going to go through. Now, let's walk through this. Starting from, the, from verse 11 again. O thou afflicted and tossed with the tempest and not confronted, behold, I lay stones, your stones, with fair colors, and I lay your foundations with sapphires. Now, I'm going to read the rest of this, but I want you to understand this. He's saying, I lay in your stones and your foundations with sapphires and fair colors. Lord, how can I explain this to them? Because this one is, 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 is working on me still. Basically saying, you think you are on the bottom, you think you are on the ground, you think you low as you can go. I'm telling you the foundation I laid for you is stones of beautiful colors and sapphires. Mm -hmm. You think you in the dirt, I'm telling you, you laying on priceless rubies and gems. Your bottom, no matter what it looks like to you, the foundation of who you are and where you are is beautiful. If you get pushed to the ground and you think you push to the ground, he said, if you think you there, I want to let you know the foundation I've laid for you. My God, there's beautiful stones and sapphires. And, and, and I, I'm starting to realize that the perspective, as we talked about last week, of how we look at things changes everything. So if I'm before God talking about my problems, then my problems are ever before me. And you, those of you who've been around me a while, I remember when I did the example, I said, take your finger and put it in front of your face as close as you can get it. And all of a sudden, your finger looked like the biggest thing in the room. It's not. It just looks like it because it's perspective. You're holding it there. It looks like it's bigger than everything in the room. When you move it back and put it where it belongs, you realize it's very small. It's the same thing with the attacks of the devil. It's the same thing with the lies of the devil. It's the same thing with the trials of life. They look real big because they're in our face at the moment and our emotions and everything is reacting to it. But once we get it back in the place where it belongs, once we get it out of our face and we get back to beholding his beauty, his beauty gets big and that thing gets minute in size. It has no power. It has no place. It has no strength. So he says, even though you feel discomforted, even though you feel like the tempest is throwing you around, he's saying, listen, though, but your foundation from my perspective is beautiful colors and sapphires. As low as you can go is that. Hmm. Somebody can say amen to that. That's an amen place right there. And I will make your windows of agates and your gates of curables. Now, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up a couple of those because you may not know what those are. I had to look at them. So here's an agate. Your agate is, is, in a sense, striking fire from forged metal. It's like, watch this. In the sense of striking fire from a metal forged, a sparkling gem, probably a ruby, that's an agate, a precious stone. So now your floor, your windows, are you understanding this? So what you see out of is supposed to be beautiful. What you laying on is supposed to be beautiful. He's saying everything that I'm putting around. Oh, my God. See, when I read this, I got a little crazy. I, I don't know how you're feeling right about now, but I felt like I was about to lose my mind as I was reading this. I'm like saying, 
Whoa, you telling me from the bare bones of everything. He didn't say your curtains. He said your windows, which everything I'm putting around you is precious and, and priceless. And I'm like, well, I need to look at things different, God. I keep looking at this three-dimensional world. But you trying to get me to look at it out your eyes and see that everything, my floor, which I don't even give value to, is precious and sapphires. And my windows, rubies. People try to tell you God don't want wealth. I don't know what they're talking about. And they said, and your gates are curables. What's a curable? Well, I had to look that up. It's a masculine now. It says, a fiery glow, a sparkle, a gem. So your windows are a gem. Your, 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 I mean, a ruby. Your, your doors are a gem. And your floor are sapphires. Tell me my God don't want us prosperous and blessed. Tell me that. Tell me prosperity is of the devil. Tell me that bull crap. And I'm going to tell you where you can go with that. And then he said, watch this. So now we just took covered your floor. We just covered your window. We just covered your gate or your door. And then he said, and your borders. So not even the borders around your space are pleasant stones. God got some about stones and rubies and jewels or something. I don't know, but this is God talking. I'm going to go with him and leave all the religious people by themselves. Y'all can believe what you want. I'm just going to go with this Bible right here, okay? Watch this now. And all your children shall be taught of the Lord. And great shall be the peace of your children. Well, God, I claim that. <laughs> I claim the grown ones and the little ones and the grands and the everything. It's so funny because I was talking to the Lord the other day and I was fussing about, you know, you know, you know how you get when you feel your kids ain't doing exactly what you want them to do and being exactly what you raised them to be. And I'm talking to the Lord about it, having my little thing. And I said, well, God, I'm just going to leave all my inheritance to my grandchildren. I'm not, I'm not leaving my kids. You know, I was going through this whole thing with God. Right? And God said, okay, that's how you're feeling. And so, you know, I used the scripture on him. I said, well, your word said a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. He didn't say I have to leave them nothing. He said, I have to leave it to the children's children. That's grandchildren. And so God said, Okay, I'm gonna let you work with that for now. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna let you work with that. But God was saying to me, but there's an inheritance for them if you look at it and claim it. It don't make a difference how old or young they are. This is my promise. Listen, he said, if you're suffering, if you're going through pain, if you're feeling tossed around, here's what I'm telling you. This is the promise. You can claim this promise. I don't know about you, but I'm at that phase of my life, as you heard me saying in the past couple of messages, I'm claiming all this stuff. I, want, I just want it. Come on now. Whew. My God. So let, let's, let's go back. 13. And all your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness shalt thou be established. Say, I want to be established so I claim that in his righteousness I am this is the promise now so so so, so let's just keep your finger on 14 let's go back to verse 11 I want to make sure you know who he's talking to you who are afflicted and tossed with a tempest who are not comforted 
uh, 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 afflicted, but tempted and not comforted, behold. So he's saying anybody who's going through anything in life, I'm talking to you. Anybody who feels that life ain't been fair to them, I'm talking to you. Anybody who feels that you ain't everything you're supposed to be in me, I'm talking to you. Anybody have financial trouble, emotional trouble, physical trouble, health problems, whatever those issues are that are throwing you around, I'm talking to you. Somebody say, he's talking to me. In righteousness, you will be established. And thou shalt be far from oppression. Are you listening to this? And you shall not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. I, I'm, 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 God, I'm, I'm a little lost there, I said. I'm a little lost there. I got to explain this to people. Right, Lord. You started the verse saying if you tossed around with a tempest and you're going through stuff and you're not comforted, but right here you just said it should not come near me. He said, it's about focus. Right. What did I just say to you? You will be established. And once you're established, then fear and oppression is not coming near you. But it's an establishment. What is the establishment? I must be in his presence. I must behold his beauty. I must dwell in his house. My focus must be on him. And if I believe and receive that, then I'm established. And he said, and it won't come near you. I, I always was of the opinion in, in church life that you got to go through something. You know, God got to test you. You got to go through pain. You know, you got to go through suffering and struggle. Now, I ain't believed that mess for a long time. But then yet I did because I kept going through stuff. So I kept saying, well, God, I don't even believe it. And I'm going through it. And he said, because you're not established. You believe in things. You're not established. God said something to me the other day. And I want to share this with you. And I hope it's helpful. He said, being well and being whole are not the same thing. He said, most church people pray for wholeness. I mean, I mean, me wellness, I'm sorry, wellness. I'm feeling sick, I want to be well. My pockets are broke, I want to be well. Things are not going right, I want it to be well. He said, but they don't ask for wholeness. And wholeness is when you're delivered and told from the top to the bottom, from the in and out, from the spiritual realm to the physical realm, you're whole. That's why he said to the woman when she received the healing, the Bible said when he touched the hem of, she touched the hem of his garment, she was healed and then Jesus said to her, your faith has made you whole. He spoke into a wholeness now because whole wellness is not complete wholeness. And sometimes you can be well and turn around and be sick again. But if you are whole, complete, established in him, it will not, as the scripture just said, come near you. Now, I'm going to sit my Bible down for a minute. I just want to beat this in and just drive this home. I'm not saying that your life is like that right now. I'm not saying my life is like that right now, right now. But I'm saying it is a promise. It is something God said belongs to us. So if it belongs to me, should I be seeking the habit? That, that's the thing. I, I don't want to keep selling for what it is and accepting that it's as good as it gets. If the word promises me more, then I want the more. So I'm starting to say, well, God, what, you know, what do I need to fix? And what do I need to change? And what do I need to say to people? And how do I need to fix this? And God said, you need to surrender before me. The word I gave last week was I saw the two people disagreeing about baptism, not baptism. And I said, God, who's right? And he said, I am. I am. The, their opinion is theirs and their opinion is theirs. But only right is me. You follow me. 
That's, that's you follow my word. So we all see, the Bible says, through a glass darkly. We know in part, we prophesy in part. These are all scriptures. He's saying as a human being, you're limited. But you have one thing in common with everybody. That word right there. You have that. Nobody got an edge over you. I don't care how smart they are. I don't care how educated they are. I don't care how bright they are. I don't care how much school they got. I don't care how, how wealthy they are, what kind of family they come from. The thing that levels the playing field is that word of God right there. And if you got that, it matches you up and puts you on the same level with everybody. You all got equal striking power. Everybody does. You can take down the enemy the same way and the same. Well, I'm just not as spiritual as you, Pastor. Well, you don't have to be as spiritual as me. You just got to know what the word of God has said to you for this season of your life and obey that. And God compensates for the parts you ain't at yet. But the parts that you're responsible for, he holds you to. And you know what? So does the enemy. Enemy said, well, he should know better than this. She should know. And they not do. Okay, well, then I'm coming in. So watch this now. The word established um, is pronounced, it's, it's not a good word in English, but it's pronounced coon. <laughs> but you'll remember it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, it, the, the definition of it is beautiful. To be firm, to be stable, to be set up, established and fixed, to be firmly rooted or established, to be securely fixed, determined, watch this, to be directed, right, to be fixed, right, to be steadfast in a moral sense, to be prepared and ready, to be prepared and arranged and settled and on and on to, to make ready to prepare and affix and to furnish and to direct toward and to move forward in a moral sense as well to arrange and order and organize. And if I keep reading, it's going to keep saying the same thing as a long definition. But here's the point. He said, when you're established in him, you are fixed, you are stable, you are directed, you are set up. You are clear, you know where you're going, you know where you're not going, you know what works, you know what doesn't, you know where he wants you, you know when to move, you know when to be still, you know when to hold him, you know when to fold him, you understand what I'm saying? You know what it is. You know, and, and, and so I said, Lord, I'm claiming establishment in this season of my life. I want to know, and that's, I think, I didn't think about that until just now, you know, when I started confessing a little over a year ago or maybe two years ago, I want, I want his yes to be my yes, his no to be my no, his stop to be my stop, his go to be my go. What I was asking for, what I realized is establishment. Establish me. Establish me. He said, well, when I establish you, everybody ain't going to go along with you. They ain't going to recognize sometimes people ain't going to feel what, you, what you're talking about. I don't care. I don't want to be established in people anymore. I want to be established in you. I need to be established in you. And, and, if, and if they don't get it, they'll get it later. And if they never get it, that's between you and them. But, you know, we, we want to bring everybody along with where God has taken us. And God's like that. It don't always work like that, son, daughter. It don't always work like that. Sometimes you just got to walk and to be established in me. I'm holding you accountable to what I told you to do. Okay. So to be established. Watch this. In, in righteousness, which is right standing with God in Christ, you'll be established. 
And because you are established, watch this, you, be, you will be far from oppression. And this is the point of points I want to drive in today. There's more to this, but point of points I want to drive in today. When you are established and once you are established, you are far from oppression. How does that make sense? Now I know I don't have to be oppressed. You know, I'm not, I'm not possessed, but I'm oppressed. You shouldn't be any of that. He said you should be far from it. But how does that work, saints? We just went through what established this. Clear direction, clear foundation, clear focus. You know where you're going. You know where you're not going. Well, if you have that establishment, how does that make you far from oppression? Well, if you establish, you know where you're supposed to be, where you're not supposed to be. So if you're walking down this road and oppression is waiting for you at the end of the road, you know to make a turn and go the other way. Five people got to do their jobs. Listen, <laughs> they got to do their job. If, if, if you're established, then you're clear in your direction and you know where and where not to go. A lot of our problems and our issues is stupid decisions or wrong decisions or wrong moves at the wrong time. And, you know, people say, man, if I only knew about the crypto in the beginning, I'd be rich right now. Exactly. You weren't established in that area. So you weren't able to be led in that area to make that decision. So now everybody trying to come to me about it now. I'm like, that ship is sailed. You know, you're trying to, you know, you didn't get it on the beginning, whatever the case may be investments, business ideas, anything has to be in an establishment. And that's why I understand now why I'm such a structured person. But now I want to be more than a structured person. I want to be a structure and establishment person. I want to be a person that establishes foundation root with clear direction, know where I'm going, where not to go, when I'm supposed to, who to speak to, who to minister to, who keeps shut your mouth, how much to minister and then when to stop, you know, who to invite and who not to invite. These are the things that establishment does. So you'll be far from oppression because establishment will guide you to where you need to be and when you need to be there. So um, watch this. For you shall not fear. You'll be far from oppression because you won't be walking in the spirit of fear. You'll be far from oppression because you won't be yanked around by the spirit of fear. So let me read it again. Thou shall be far from oppression, for you will not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. If I don't read anything else today, I want to make sure you understand this. The promise is here, if you're looking at it, and if you're reading what I'm reading, that you should be confessing every day that fear should not come near me, that oppression should not come near me. And terror should not come near me. It's not supposed to. Yeah, but sometimes it do. Well, listen, I hear a lot of church people say stupid stuff like that. Well, sometimes it do for you if that's what you want to believe. I want to find out what I need to do so it doesn't come near me anymore. Has it come near me? Yes. But the thing is not to accept it. The thing is to find out what the word says to avoid it. So that's where I am today. So if you're, if you're with me on that, then amen. I, I want to be far from it and avoid it at every turn. And that word promise, this word promises me that I can have that. Amen? amen. It promises me I can have that. It, 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 it keeps going. I want you to just like lock this Isaiah, this Isaiah 54 from 11 to the end, we're going all the way to the, to the last verse, which is 17. I want you to, 
Okay, let me say this before I go further. I want you to listen to me. Eyes up. If you got a minute, if you had your camera on, turn it off, turn it back on for a minute. I want to look right in your face. I want to say this to you. Listen to me. All the promises of God are yea and amen. And we know certain scriptures and we know how to pull a verse out of here and a verse out of there and, you know, fortune cookie it all around the room and stick it on the refrigerator and wonder why it works sometime and why it doesn't work. But establishment is context. And establishment is understand where words come from and why God said it and who we were speaking to. So if I just say, you know, you know, it should not come near me and it should be far from me. But then I didn't see this thing where he started out by saying, if you're oppressed and you're going through some stuff, and then he begins to make these promises that he's offering deliverance to a people that are in a bondage right now. So now when you quote those things and you understand the context in which it was said, it has more power. Do you understand what I mean? I love word in this context. I don't like just grabbing fortune cookie scriptures. I love context. Even if the word's encouraging to me, I like to read what was before it. I like to read what's behind it because it makes me understand what he was saying in a full sense. And context is important because that's establishment. Got it? All right, let's move on. Behold, they should surely gather together, but not by me. What's he talking about? They will surely gather together, but not by me. What's he talking about? People against you, terror, the fear, the all of this stuff. He said the fear, the terror, all of these things. He said it, they do come. but not by me. Well, God sometimes got to let you go to some pain and he got to let you go to some suffering. He said, that stuff will come, but it's not by me. You understand me? It shall come. That's the devil's job. Stop blaming me for it. I didn't do it. Stop saying God got a plan. He have nothing to do with that plan. That's a demonic lie and stronghold. There's no truth to that. That's not God's plan for you. So he said, these things will come. He's what he's talking about. All the stuff he was talking about in 14. Oppression, fear, terror. And he said, watch this. They will come together. And that's the point I want you to, uh, uh, that's the point I want you to get right now. All of those spirits gather together. Remember I said last week, don't think that the devil is not strategic, that he don't just throw one thing at you without having a whole plan around it, that he didn't set up a whole thing. So that he throws these, first he makes you say something that you have no business saying, get you upset with somebody. And then after you got upset and you feel like you're out of line, out of peace with God, then this trouble comes. And now you feel like you don't have the authority to rebuke the devil because you cussed at somebody yesterday. All strategic. He said the terrors, the fears, all this stuff, the tribulations, they get together. These spirits get together and they consort and they come up with a plan. They don't know exactly what you're going to do, but they figure based on what your past record is, you know, they, they know how you normally act. When somebody say something you don't like or do something you don't like, the devil don't figure out what you're going to react. He don't know your thinking. See, the devil don't know your thoughts. God's omniscient. He knows all. Satan is not. 
He don't know your thoughts. He takes an educated guess based on the way you normally respond. I, I thought the devil knows everything. No, he does not. He has no idea what you're going to do. When he makes a suggestion to you, he's only making calculated guess based on what you normally do. So when he comes at you with the attack that he came out with you for all your life and all of a sudden you don't respond to it, he don't know what to do with that. He's expecting you to get mad, start cussing and flipping and doing all the stuff you normally do. And this time he's like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm all right. And people looking at you, family, friends, everybody like, hey, so how you feel about that? Yeah, it's what it is. Life goes on. Like, wow, you changed. I've had a lot of people say to me lately, you changed. I've been sitting in his presence, dwelling in his temple, beholding his glory. I, I got to change. I got to change. You can't sit in his presence and not change. You don't have to try to change when you do that. When you sit in his presence, you behold his glory, you change. When you receive that word and you keep hearing it again and again, that's why I say the same stuff to you again. I say it from the left, I say it from the right, I come from the bottom, I drop it down from the ceiling. However, I got to get it in, I'll keep beating it in. I'll use a different example because I know one thing and one thing for sure is going to change you. That you sit in the presence of the word till it soaks through you and all of a sudden you become different and then everything around you starts to line up with who you become. You draw to you what you expect. People treat you the way you expect people to treat you and you draw to, to yourself what, and I had to come to that serious realization. People treat you like that because you expect it. You've been a whipping post for a long time. People expect you to be a whipping post when they see you. You've been a sucker for a long time. People expect you to be a sucker when they see you. You got a bleeding heart. Anytime somebody cry to you or whine to you, you lose everything you're about to go try to help them. They know that. They're going to keep coming at you like that. Until you finally say, no, I'm going to have to say no to that. What do you mean no? Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get involved this time. Are you just going to abandon me like that? I, I guess if that's what you want to call it, call it what you want to call it. But today, not today. Come on, saints. And when you change and, and, and the enemy sees that he doesn't have the power on you that he once had. He has to change. The game has to change. Amen. Amen. Now watch this. Let's, let's bring it home. Behold, they should gather against you. All of these demonic forces and, and pain stuff. But they are not by me. You hear what God is saying? They come, but they're not by me. Whoever shall gather together against you shall fall for your sake. You seeing this? Say whatever comes against me. Whoever comes against me shall fall for my sake. Meaning God saying that he'll protect you. He'll make them fall for your protection is what he's saying. Behold, watch this. God's still talking now. God's still talking. I created the smith that blows the coals and the fire and I bring forth the instruments for his work. And I have created the waster to destroy. Stop, stop, stop. Look at me. I've seen preachers preach this to try to tell you that suffering and pain is from God. 
I've seen, I create the destroyer and the smith that blows the fire for the coals. I created that. See, God created that. He created that. So if he created that, it's his plan. No, 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 no. That's for those of judgment. He just gave you a whole thing up here saying to you, for you who are established in me is not for you. Are you sure it says that? I don't know. Let's read the next verse. But no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. <laughs> I created the destroyer. I created that, all that, the smith that blows the coals, all these problems and tempests and winds and things that come against life and people in life, it will come, but not for you. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper in every tongue, even bad mouth and people speaking bad against you, that rises against thee in judgment. Watch this. Watch this. He didn't say, I shall condemn. He said, you shall condemn. He said, you just keep walking with me the way you're supposed to walk with me and you and your life and your prosperity. I said to somebody recently, some, some things that have happened in my life, some deals that have been going through, just phenomenal, just God's movement. And I said, why do you think, if you think I'm so wrong, why do you think God keeps blessing me? How you know it's God? I was like, whoa. That's like the people saying to Jesus, you casting out Satan by the spirit of Beelzebub. That's blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be still with that. That's dangerous. You willing to call the work of God, the devil, or take that chance? That's dangerous. I'm just going to pray for you because that's a dangerous place. But my point is, he said, you'll show him. What, you going to argue with him? No, 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 no. You're just going to keep walking with me, stay in my presence, behold my glory, behold my beauty, and you're going to show them they're wrong just by the way I continue to move in your life. You're going to show them they're wrong just how I continue to, to exhort or heal or deliver or protect you. You're going to show them they're right. You know how many people trying to figure out every day how to make a living and pay this bill and that bill and this bill and that bill and to do this thing and get along here and and, and God talk, showed me years ago, just follow me. I'll make sure all your needs are met. I don't know if you understand this. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about your needs, whatever they are. And I'm learning my needs are not just money. They're emotional. They're spiritual. They're financial. They're physical. They're social. There's needs. And God showed me something. He said, you know, that scripture I locked on to, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this with you before we go home. Some of the simplest scriptures, if you sit with them long enough, they get bigger and bigger and bigger. You don't have to study the whole Bible. You just got to study that scripture that God got you on today. Then he'll move you to the next one and the next one. But right there, I remember as a baby Christian, I saw that scripture and I, and I still study it to this day. I still look at it, but it's become part of what I expect to be in my life. Ready? And I know you're expecting something deep. Here I'm not gonna mess you up. Behold the birds of the air. They toil not, neither they spin, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? And I stopped right there. Wait a minute. So the birds don't got to get up and put in a 40-hour week, and they don't got to go through all these kind of changes and be cussed out by the boss and treated wrong and travel there and get into all these kind of problems and, and you feed them. Wow. 
I was told my whole life, well, you don't do this and do that and do this. You lazy and you don't deserve it. And you're telling me, be like the birds of the air? And I sat with that. And I sat with that. And I meditated. I said, give me more scriptures. He said, you would be in the father if your kid asked you for an egg. Would you give him a rock? If he asked you for a fish, would you give him a serpent? If you being of evil nature, being evil, can do good things for your children, how much more will I do for you? I was like, yeah. So I locked onto that in the area of health. I locked onto that in the area of wealth to the degree that I am wealthy, not all the way, you know, people way more wealthy than me. But just to the where I was at the season and time of my life, and I come to this revelation, yeah, I'm reaching for the next levels now because not because I want more, but because there's more that I need to do, and I'm seeing it clearer now. We just hired a couple of people, and I'm like, no, I want at least at least 10,000 employees. I want I want to employ, I want to feed a lot of families. I, I want to leave a legacy like that. So my, I'm different now. I don't need stuff for me but I do need to be used by you to create this legacy. So I said, okay. And he said to me, just like you believed and you stood on that principle, it got you to the place that you never struggled for food or anything. He said, look at this. I'm promising you, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. Watch this. You're listening. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. You inherited that. He said, you don't have to work for that. That's your heritage. Come on, babies. He's saying you ain't got to work for this. This is your heritage. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So my right standing is of him. This is before Jesus came. I just want to make sure you understand this. Your righteousness is of me and your heritage is no weapon formed against you should prosper. And any tongue that rises against you, you can condemn. This is the heritage. Let me give you the heritage in, in, in the Hebrew, right? Ready? In its usual sense, something inherited, abstractly, occupancy or an heirloom, Generally in a state, don't this sound like rich people stuff? A patron or portion, an inheritance to inherit, a possession, property, a portion, a share, an inheritance. He's saying you inherited this. This is, I, wait, wait, wait. Maybe you, maybe you did. Let me make sure I get this right. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. How many servants of the Lord up in here? I just want to, just want to be sure. Because if you're not, then this don't apply to you. So I want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm not speaking to you. No weapon, should, no weapon should formed against you shall prosper. Any tongue that rises against you, you should condemn. This is your inheritance. Those who are servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me, said the Lord. So let me bring this home. Are you a servant of the Lord? Is this your inheritance? Here's how you know for sure. Go back to that verse right here where he said, 14, you'll be established. 
you're following him, you're following his direction, go when he say go, stop when he says stop, yes when he says yes, no when he says no. That sounds easier than it is. Sounds easier than it is. Oh, amen, hallelujah. Okay, yeah, but you may lose some friends. You may lose some family. You may lose your job. You may lose the this. You may not get the that that you thought you wanted. Are you willing to do that and be established that way? That's a servant of the Lord. A servant of the Lord is not a person, I believe Jesus is my Lord, and then do whatever the heck they want to do and just call on God when they get in trouble. That's not a servant of the Lord. A servant of the Lord is God, whatever you want from me, I will do whatever you say, whatever the price, whatever it costs. I'll do what you say. See, the Christians in the beginning, they were thrown in the lion's dens and all kinds of stuff and crucified and killed you know, for their beliefs. We're not being asked to be put our lives on the line, but then we are because we asked to put our emotional and moral lives on the line. And that thing that you cleave to and cling to, that thing becomes your God. So he's saying, if you're established in me and you're directed and you won't move and you're steadfast, this is your protection. So here's what he said. No weapon formed against you should prosper. I'm bringing it home. Stay with me. And any tongue that rises against you, you should condemn. So here's what he's saying. Weapons will be formed against you. But they won't prosper. Tongues will rise against you. People will speak against you. But they'll be condemned. He says this comes. He said earlier in the verse here, he said, listen to me. I, I read it, but I read it again. Verse 15, behold, these things shall gather together, but they're not by me. He said, people are going to come against you. Those tongues are going to rise against you. Weapons are going to be formed against you. They're not by me. But they will come, but they're not by me. They will be formed, but they're not by me. Problems and issues will show up but they're not by me and they won't prosper if you stay established. Subtitles messages be established in Jesus name. Amen. And amen.